Welcome to the Internet Advisor Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Foster Brown. Along with my co-host, Gary Baker, and our team of experts, we've been helping people like you since 1998 with your computer problems, introducing you to valuable resources, and promoting tech enterprise throughout Michigan. The Internet Advisor is a two-hour podcast recorded every week at the studios of historic WJR Radio in Detroit. Both hours of the show are available each week on this podcast and are streamed to our affiliates across the state of Michigan. We're also proud to be part of Detroit's newest and fastest-growing podcast network, PodcastDetroit.com. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, your place for answers to your computer questions since 1998, with your co-hosts Gary Baker and Foster Brown and their team of tech experts. The door is always open at internetadvisor.net, on Facebook and through Twitter. But right now it's time to get you in touch with your helpful hosts on this week's edition of Internet Advisor. Welcome. This is the Internet Advisor. I'm Foster Brown, your co-host and producer, and I've got a great group of people in studio with me, as always. Our tech experts, Ed and Cal, are going to be here in studio. Gary's taking the afternoon off, but then we're going to be talking about the future and the purpose of broadband in Michigan, how it's helping industries, and how maybe they can't even imagine how it could help them. We're talking with the folks from ACD.net, among other things. Also talk about Airbnb and some great reveals that happened this last week. Welcome, it's the Internet Advisor, Foster Brown, and gang with you. Ed Rudell, back from Lost Wages. Lost Wages it was. <laughs> <laughs> Lived up to its title, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it did. We had a good time. It was a little family thing. My wife and uh, four of her siblings and, uh, and, I, and I went, and, or three of her siblings and I went. Good times. Good times, good times. You could get a little more sleep. I, I, you know, I thought my wife's sense of humor was unique. No, uh-huh. it, it's it's oh, it runs in the family. It's genetic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cal, you normally are the traveler among all of us, but I think you stayed homebound this last week. Oh man, I was like down for the count. I, th- this wonderful virus came oh, across no. me. Actually, not so much last week, but the week before. It was like Tuesday evening, I was fine. Wednesday morning, I looked like slow death sucking on a lifesaver. <laughs> I was bad off. Oh, and uh, But uh, hey, I'm getting over it. It's a little virus that's going around and no big deal. The doctor says, you know, 10 to 14 days, you'll be back to normal again. I go like, Doc, I'll never be normal. No, no. <laughs> well, Cal, we're glad to have you around and also in, in good health. I, I'm still on the ragged edges of uh, dealing with the 1,554 miles uh, from here to St. Louis and uh, also Columbia, Missouri, the home of Mo- Mizzou, and back. Mo Mizzou, is that a city Mizzou, name? no. <laughs> no. Like University of Missouri. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I believe not I got to be that confused right. with Wazoo, you know, yeah, which is another thing entirely. And during your travels, you actually used a uh, Airbnb, right? Yes, I did. As a matter of fact, in the next hour, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a more, little more detail. Oh, okay, because... I'm sorry. I thought it was this hour. No, no, it, uh, that's okay, because I want to spend some time talking about our travel experiences and some of the similarities and, and differences, because... Um, well, can I, I ask a question? Yes. When, and, and it's for both you guys. When you left on your travel experience, 
What tech tools did you take with you that you absolutely had to have? And we'll save that for the next hour, Cal. You will. We talked about that a little bit. We will. We can say it it quickly. Ed, you you took as little as possible, right? I just brought my smartphone this time. You know, before I'd bring a a, a tablet or a a small notebook. This time I just brought my smartphone. I just brought everything but the kitchen sink. I brought uh, my my. My phone, um, and uh, we used it, by the way, as a hotspot in the car as we traveled. And Janine then could hook up to it with her um, her tablet or her um, HP uh, laptop, and she could answer emails and do whatever else she wanted there. Stream movies, watch no, silly <laughs> YouTube videos. <laughs> no. No, I didn't need well, That's more, what I do. <laughs> I didn't need any more distractions in the car. But oh I God, used what? it for GPS, you know, for my phone I use for GPS for... Finding where, where I was going and getting there. What happened to the old days when you just looked out the window and counted the mail pouch tobacco signs? <laughs> or the, uh, oh, what was that? What were the Burma shave? Burma shave. That's yeah, Burma shave. They'd have sign. all those li- those signs lined yeah, up, you know? Yeah. You're going too fast nowadays to yeah. maybe speed reading, of course, yeah. in order to be take those in. So I took a lot of technology with me. I had my laptop as well, which I did get to use, but we were traveling often enough that it got to be. I was having to. I was answering emails out of my phone most of the time, but I would have been hard pressed. As a matter of fact, I was a little upset at the lack of technology in the car that I was driving. Mm-hmm. And we rented a car, thanks to somebody, um, an enterprise rent a car, a 2017 model that didn't ha- it had very little technology in it, which was very interesting to me. You know, one thing we ran across is my daughter called me uh, when we were in Vegas, and the house was at uh, 40 degrees, and so our boiler wooden light. So I was able to work with her and uh, talk her through how to light the pilot light and it would not light. And I'm like, okay, turn on your camera on your phone. Let me see what's going on. Cause I didn't believe her. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and sure enough, it wasn't lighting. So uh, we had to call someone out and have it repaired. And, you, you did. And I said, there's a thermal couple. There's a spare thermal couple right behind you. It's on the shelf. I know exactly what's wrong. Just replace it. She couldn't find it. I'm like, oh, dear. You know, you, oh, well. <laughs> so, but you're using the phones. Yes, yes, the camera. camera. Yeah, I'll be darned. Why didn't you just have her do a YouTube video? A what? Yeah, she could have put the thermal couple in and look at the YouTube video. I'm got, you know, I have to now. You know, with this, help me realize when I leave my daughter there. I do so much around the house, and I fix a lot of things myself. But you know, a lot of things. You know, I, I'm going to have to have emergency numbers besides dad. So for my daughter, who's 23, but she doesn't know how to, uh, you know, hardly knows how to unscrew a light bulb. <laughs> but, uh, sorry, Chardet. But um, I'm going to have to make sure that she knows how to start the generators up because they're not automated because I put them in 20 years ago. Yeah. And I put the separate panel. I'm going to have to, you know, and I'll have to give my wife and my daughter and my son a refresher course on and when I'm not there. Either yeah. that or maybe it's an example of how they can live off the grid. Ah, there you go. There you go. There you go. Okay, there's a fire, and use matches and sticks, start the fire. There right? you go. Yeah. There that you was know. my first suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll talk a little bit more about that in the second hour because we have a guest in studio, and that's Kevin Shane. He is the CEO of ACD.net, which is a uh, broadband provider. Well, that provides a lot of stuff, and particularly in Michigan. We're going to talk about how he's helped Hoping to overcome the barriers that some small businesses in particular have to understanding how to handle broadband availability. And as a matter of fact, you put out a great, they're putting out a magazine called Smart Tech Solutions. And uh, we'll find out more about how this is available to people to find out more about 
the kind of ways in which technology can be applied to their business. And it doesn't have to be, you know, thinking, oh, you're talking technology, that's way too expensive for me. Well, we're going to talk with him about the ways uh, that you can apply technology and maybe how you don't need to be spending a whole lot of money to apply technology and still getting a great deal of benefit out of it. That's Kevin Shane, and we'll be talking with him in just a little bit. Some big reveals this week, though. Uh, and uh, the two of you are going to take that probably, and again, in the second hour, we'll talk a little more detail about it. You think that. we should? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Well, oh. it's, they're pretty big. Microsoft is uh, going 3D. Yes, and Mac, or Apple, I should say. They're getting you more in touch with your Mac. That's it. Ah, oh, that was slick. <laughs> we'll be back in just a minute. Pastor Brown, Ed Riddell, Cal Carson, you're listening to the Internet Advisor. So glad that you invited us along for the ride in your life today. Stay tuned. We've got lots of good stuff for you coming up on the Internet Advisor. Welcome. It's the Internet Advisor and Foster Brown here along with Ed Riddell and Kel Carson. And we're delighted to have with us somebody who has, uh, I tell you, I have to say, Kevin, you and your company, again, attracted my attention through this wonderfully slick magazine called Smart Tech Solutions. But I want you to tell our folks a little bit more about ACD.net, which you are the CEO of. Kevin Shane, thank you for being with us. Hey, thanks a bunch. Yeah. So tell me what AC, ACD, not, pardon me, ACD, see, I knew it during the break time we <laughs> talked about ACDC, and I'm going to get hooked on that. <laughs> and I did. You got to so, leave the C off. That's right. Okay. Go. What is ACDNet? <laughs> uh, we're uh, headquartered out of Lansing. We do a bunch of different things, but we're definitely in the heavy, heavily in the infrastructure side of the business. So we build uh, uh, fiber networks. We build uh, cell sites. Uh, we also pri- provide services uh, to schools, governments, uh, businesses, uh, gigabit broadband, very high capacity. Uh, uh, we have a whole bunch of people who build fiber networks, and uh, we do a lot of cloud hosting, a lot of internet over-the-top type uh, applications. Uh, that we've developed in-house. What people who are listening to the program right now, let's say the you know generally the users, um, and and some folks also who are, who are involved in businesses, would they be inclined to run into you directly as a provider of their services, or do you provide their providers? Oh, both. Uh, we we do a lot of services to the cell carriers to build fiber between their cell sites, uh, as well as uh, other telecommunication firms. But we sell directly to uh, businesses as well. Uh, we do a fair amount of residential in certain areas like Lansing, Jackson, and some outlying areas oh, okay. like that. Okay. Yep. Cal? So I'm a business user, and I'm listening to the show right now, and I hear about you guys. And aside from being able to walk around and look really cool and tell people I got gigabit Ethernet, why do I need gig- gigabit uh Internet. Well, that's a great question. I think the uh, the speeds out there are so fast that people don't yet have a way to easily fill them, right? Although uh, 4K TVs, uh, uh, I think also the big thing that's going to occur uh, is is two way video. We're already seeing that with live broadcasts through Facebook. Uh, you know, yeah. where you can essentially set up your own uh, your own show right off the uh, right off of Facebook with just a camera out of your house. Uh, but also, really, yeah, video cameras, yeah. Yep. Uh, so you can just uh, set up a live stream in in Facebook right now. You know, I I, I had s- no idea that it come through. I'm sorry. I'm a little old. <laughs> me. Oh my goodness! I had no idea that was the case. Yeah, yeah. You can set up a continuous stream from your camera over your Wi-Fi to a Facebook uh, page if you want to. You know, shoot a short video. Sure. Uh, it's it's you know kind of a YouTube but live, right? 
I'll be darned. That is, you know, just, just out of curiosity, because I remember people were would talk about, you know, how well, how much of the bandwidth is that actually using? In the old days, you you know, they would say that gamers on the internet are basically slowing everything down. But I mean, I imagine that live streaming, how much bandwidth would that actually use? Would it be four megabyte of your gigabyte channel? Would it be? I guess it depends on the definition you're using and the type of compression. Yeah, the the big advantage also with very high speed connections is they can guarantee the uh, the packets are going to get through because they're right. highly unlikely oh, to be congested. Yeah. Uh, when you're uh, when your kids playing Minecraft or watching, uh, you know, and the whole family's watching Netflix, right? So it just gives you more options. Uh, but uh, streaming video typically for uh, for like live stream on Facebook, we use two to four megabit out of a gigabit. So you got a, a thousand, and you're using two to four. But four uh, K TVs. Uh, as those go full streaming, uh, which are, which are available on the new Roku and the Apple TV boxes and stuff like that, those are in the range of 25 to 50 megabits. Uh, but soon 8K TVs are coming out as well. Good grief. Right. And, uh, uh, virtual reality, I think is going to be the heavy, heavy user of, of gigabit broadband networks. I mean, I've got an Oculus Rift at my house and, uh, I've got it in my little (laughs) workout room, (laughs) you know, and, uh, but Microsoft, you know, they just announced as you guys will probably be going over your second half, uh, their, their VR, uh, uh, headset is cheap as $300. Wow. Once it gets that. What's it called? Well, no, that's a separate product. That was their original product, the HoloLens. And this is a new product called the VR a virtual reality headset. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it, those are going to, VR is going to use a ton of bandwidth, especially when integrated with online games and uh, online virtual worlds. Uh, you know, in the business market, they're going to have uh, uh, purposes for engineering, 3D modeling, and those types mm-hmm. of things. But with, with these, uh, you know, VR headsets uh, that will be directly connected to very you know, you'll need a, a Intel i7 type of computer, you know, a, a, a relatively high-end new yeah, computer you will. to yeah, use them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, I think, going to drive a lot of demand on broadband. Oh, well, I hear you talking about it. To answer your question, Cal, it sounds like there's going to be a lot more and more reasons to consume more and more bandwidth as you're... As you want, if, yeah, it never goes consumer. down. Right. I mean, who's ever going to fill up a, a 1.44 floppy, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and, and that just happened, to, you know, like what seems overnight. I can still remember putting the darn things in. What was the, were those the big ones that were no, really no, floppy? The, the, no, the, the hardened floppy. I mean, remember, the original ones were 360K. That's right. And then you got... No, I remember when they were actually floppy. You just <laughs> have to... back and no, forth. Yeah, you used to have to cut a notch in them so you could flip them over and get 720K. I mean, Woo-ha! Yeah, so... I mean, we never go... We never no, use less. We never go backwards. Yeah, I mean, but cars now, at least with cars, we get more miles to the gallon, but it's further to drive everywhere, you know, so... So I So I'm looking at your publication right here, and it says phone, fiber, and internet. So you offer all these services to businesses and more, correct? Yeah, that's correct. We have a data center where we uh, uh, have de- developed a lot of this technology. We have a whole bunch of programmers as well, uh, and so we take off the shelf uh, code. Uh, but we've we uh, provide like hosted phone service across our network. The big advantage with having a very high speed network is we can control the quality, right? You're not uh, the the public internet still has quality issues uh, just because you don't know and can't flow traffic correctly, you know. And this was the big net neutrality debate uh, mm. that that still kind of exists. The the plumbing of the internet does not necessarily prioritize traffic automatically. Uh, so we're able to sell and provide, you know, hosted phone, uh, uh, HD camera uh, for surveillance, as well mm-hmm. as a quality control type 
type applications. Uh, we're deploying cameras, for example, at a GM, actually in a GM plant for the supplier who delivers materials to the plant, but they they occasionally get dinged and banged up, and they want to be able to trace down those errors, and they put in that's, 60 cameras into the uh, handoff place. That's right? fascinating. Yep. Yeah. I had, I had heard that. Uh, a matter of fact, I think the um, oh, Automation Alley is going to be having a presentation coming up um, later on in November, I believe, and, and it's going to be, what they say, that from the plant floor to management, I think there's a term they use. In other words, they're connect with cameras. Management wants to see what's going on down on the plant floor, and that's an application to exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, we're we're putting them into uh, manufacturing facilities, and, and uh, you need a lot of capacity to do that. But yeah, you know, yeah. putting in fifty or a hundred cameras when they're only ninety nine dollars, they only cost us you know a hundred dollars, uh, and we stream all that uh, to storage arrays. Mm-hmm. But anybody can look at those simultaneously on their cell phone. We have a cell phone app where you can log in and look at your cameras wow. in your business. Well, you know, that's that's pretty. It's easy to do with one or two cameras. It's a different thing to do when you got a hundred of them or two hundred of them at a site. Do you provide traditional hosting services as well? Yeah, like web hosting and things like that. Uh, you know, con- mm-hmm. common uh, commodity uh, web hosting. Uh, but we, we're really focusing on developing cloud applications uh, to, to use the broadband network that we built. We're talking, by the way, with um, Kevin Shane, who is the um, CEO of ACD.net. And you're based out of Lansing. Yep. And they, as you're hearing, they provide all sorts of services, both to industry and to the consumer, to small businesses and very large businesses. And to I'm curious because we have often... Um, Request and this will be for people who are listening to us right now on our network through our affiliates in places like Battle Creek, around Battle Creek, or or Kalamazoo, or Grand Rapids, or Lansing, for instance. Um, communities there are having a tough time hooking into the kind of things that you're talking about. So, are you going on to the smaller communities as well, or finding a way of delivering your kind of potential to them oh yeah like lansing grand rapids jackson we build fiber networks uh, and you know fiber networks are very expensive so once we get a mile a big company may help pay for a mile to get closer to them but then then we hook up all the small businesses all right let's talk a little bit more about that and also about hooking up to the consumers as well coming back in just a minute as we talk with kevin shane the president of acd.net about hooking you up to broadband fiber Thank you for joining us here on the Internet Advisor and for allowing us into your lives, uh, both through our affiliates, uh, welcome, and also through our podcast. Delighted to have you along with us. And it doesn't matter if we get get pushed around a little bit by the guys in green and white. We're delighted that you're able to connect with us through our podcast here. And today we were talking we're talking with um, Kevin Shane, CEO of acd.net and it's a, an organization that's uh, located in Lansing and we've been talking about how they are helping to kind of bring people into businesses, I think and also providers into a, an age in which there's an increasing use of bandwidth. In other words, do you have enough bandwidth to be able to do what you really want to do, whether 
that's to be able to uh, stream something from your Facebook page. That's fascinating to me. Or if you're a business that wants to be able to watch what's going on on the loading dock where your product is being offloaded, is it being damaged in the process? Are all the things being delivered that are supposed to be delivered? Those kind of things. We've been talking about that uh, as we've been going on. Kevin, again, thank you so much for being with us, especially at this short notice. I'm delighted you could come down here. Definitely. And be with us. And you, pardon me. Ed, you had a question before, yeah, and I know, wanted to ask it on the air. <laughs> yes. Well, there's two things that, has ha- that have happened. First, um, we had net neutrality at the very beginning or the latter, latter end of last year that, uh, you know, it went where uh, pretty much everything remained the same. And net neutrality would have allowed the um, ISPs and other bodies to route traffically differently to ba- based on its content. And uh, uh, so emails, which is slow, slow delivery of mail, gets the same priority as uh, live streaming. And I always wanted to talk to an ISP to figure out, you know, what's your take on, on how things turned out? Well, I'd see, I think the, they haven't really fully gelled exactly what net neutrality is because you have to be able to prioritize traffic. Every service provider has to do that. They yeah. do it for security purposes, right? Like if somebody's trying to hack networks uh, or there's a large-scale denial of service. Mm. The question is, are you doing it to the extent that you're impairing a third party from transferring data across your network? And inherently, this is an issue that's going to have to be wrestled with. Uh, uh, ultimately, the the framework of the net neutrality order doesn't fully address what's technologically possible, right? And and ultimately, at the end of the day, you shouldn't stop somebody's traffic. But if it's high priority traffic, let's say we're doing a video conference related to an operating room procedure, right? Oh yeah. Uh, well, you're going to want that. You're going to want to make sure that video goes across. The internet's the natural place to do that, so you don't right. have to build a private connection across the, you know, with, between cities just for that purpose. Mm. And so you have to be able to prioritize traffic, but. Do you want to stop Netflix or YouTube? You know, would Comcast want to slow those guys down? <laughs> Probably, you know. Uh, so that that's why the order got put in place is to make sure that right now you really can't prioritize traffic legally on the Internet. But you have to. But you have to. But you have yeah. to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good question, Ed. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that happened is just uh, October 2nd, and I'm trying to remember the term where basically uh, – um, Network naming and addressing was turned over to an international body oh, as opposed uh, yes. to, to uh, a U.S. organization. And I can't remember the um, the actual term. I'm drawing a blank right now. <laughs> Sorry, five days in Vegas. I think it was the IANA. <laughs> yeah, yep. IANA. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> the International Naming. That's right. Naming That's right. Authority. Yep. yep. That hasn't made any... Right now, it's not. I don't think it's going to because it's all all with all. Right now, it's the same people, the same organizations. But over time, that that's going to change. Well, the chief concern I think with that is: are are you going to allow a little bit more repressive governments to take a a chunk of the internet and cordon it off? I mean, you know, yes. China. You talk about the Great Firewall, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if if they can necessarily have control over the naming the 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 thing that changes the names of a website to an a a number mm-hmm. and and that gets shipped shipped over to Iran or, or China is that necessarily a good thing i i tend to think not you know i mean mm-hmm. uh, right. i think you know it, that control should exist in democracy but it's hard to say you know, the United States can be the dictator of the world, and nobody right. else and gets to exactly participate. Right. Right. And if we turned it right. over to the Germans, everything would just—you uh, know—those Germans. I mean, they pretty much have firewalls around their whole country right now, as it is, anyways. Would you really want them to handle it? Hmm. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's terrible. I want to jump to a question that um, a term 
uh, that I saw in a presentation you have here, this Smart Tech Solutions uh, magazine that, that fell into my hands. And as you talk about black swan tech events, what are black swan tech events? Well, you should plan for the black swan is a term, uh, you know, that, that basically says the unknown uh, or the unlikely to occur probably is going to occur. You know, <laughs> if it can't go wrong, Murphy's it will. law, isn't it? Right. <laughs> and I, I really think uh, this this rapid change in technology is adjusting industries, obviously. Radio is adjusting, right? You know, we're oh, now, Lord, uh, yes. and uh, it's adjusting all industries. It's going to have a massive change uh, here in southeast Michigan. I, You know, this whole driverless car technology, battery electrification, uh, you know, Detroit, uh, and, and uh, the auto industry is now going to become the tech industry, right? Uh, uh, you know. I, certainly, it, it looks like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And, you know, uh, think. I'm very glad we we have a strong control of that in the United States where, you know, just uh, I think 15 years ago when nobody, the no U.S. company really controlled the cell phone industry or had, had a, a strong uh, grasp of it, right, other than maybe Motorola. But it was basically Ericsson and a lot of foreign con- companies that uh, controlled the cell phone industry. But, you know, within a few short years, Google, Apple, mm. uh, you know, really – with their software technology took over the took over the universe of control, and I think that's going to happen in cars too, right? Oh. Uh, you know the great software development that's occurring at Google and and other U.S. firms, Uber and uh, these other uh, these other technology. I mean, I think you know, fifteen years from now, ten years from now, we're all going to be driving around not paying attention to the road. We're going to be looking at our, uh, probably our phones or screens and cars, you know. I think that'll be the uh, the future of it all. Or oh, we could be doing what I saw an article. I This just fascinated me. The, uh, with the was Let's see, this was in um, Wired Magazine, I think it was. Uh, Uber is talking about flying cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that, huh? Yeah. I, and in a very short time that the technology is out there, that they could start flying cars. So, so basically, well, the, the drone technology is really taking off. Yes. And and what you need is the battery industry to get involved with that. And FCC, yeah, good luck, Uber. <laughs> they said they could make San Francisco to Silicon Valley in about 15 minutes right. for the price of a private ride on the ground with Uber X. Yeah, yeah, for the first uh, maybe five years until the skies are filled with with flying vehicles, <laughs> and then you're back up to a traffic jam, and us people on the ground will be uh, will be sailing along the freeways. But this will be closer to the Jetsons. <laughs> yeah, <I can laughs> and only if they can get the car to fold up into a briefcase. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. true. I, I do not want to squash anyone's ambition. So if you want to come up with a flying car, please do. Now, what struck me about this was uh, going on. You said the Black Swan Tech events can destroy Michigan businesses. How would that happen? Well, I think. Uh, what what I see with with a lot of companies is you're there, there's really two kind of mentalities. Either you're controlling the industry or the industry's controlling you, mm. right? In the tech industry, we've always been we've got to control what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Google's got to be in a control situation, and so rather than taking a passive kind of uh, uh, mindset and watching what's happening in the industry, you better be one of the levers, kind of waiting until right? it happens to you, right? And I, I think that's that's uh, uh, you know if you're a manufacturer Manufacturer, you got to be on the cutting edge of manufacturing because if you're not, uh, you know the rate of it, it te- technological innovation, the exchange.
exchange of data, the rapid uh, 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 high-speed marketing that's occurring. You know, if, you, if you're not dominating and controlling, I think you're you're going to be left on the sidelines. So, mm. so technology really has got to get infused into every aspect of, of business, whether it's retailing, distribution, warehousing, uh, manufacturing. You've got to have complete control of, uh, of, of all of the elements of your business. And I think I think you know a lot of these internet uh, 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 internet of things devices right are are going to take over. Um, uh, you know I, I got an Amazon Dot. You know just a, the the newest one just a week ago, and you know I'm already talking to it, it to play radio stations <laughs> that I couldn't otherwise you know hear. And uh, you know you got Alexa play. You know and then these are just little you know. We better watch out because somebody's got an Alexa right near them right now, and right. whatever you tell it to do, it's about to do. <laughs> yes, yes. I was I was playing a YouTube video to hear so uh, you know what what Alexa could do, and then my Alexa next to me was starting to react to the YouTube video. <laughs> oh, that's just great! I can go by someone's house and just yell in the window, turn off all the lights. Right, exactly, you can. <laughs> yeah. No, you have to start that phrase with Alexa. Yeah, with turn Alexa. The... Right. Ah. <laughs> no, tell him what? that. You well, see that nasty grin on his face? You know what's going to happen. Yeah, well, why is it that all these things have a woman's <laughs> name to it? Though? You know, it, yeah. it, Alexa, Siri, uh, Cortana. There's none of them named Jim. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, I, I told, I, I, if I was going to rename it, it'd be Hal, right? I, uh, Ooh, I, uh, yeah. I, uh, Hal 9000. <laughs> I, uh, I was telling my employees when I, you know, was showing them this thing, they, they uh, I was like, it's only taken uh, 45, 50 years from, uh, uh, to, to get the talking computer. Kevin, hang on a second. What we're going to do is take a pause at just a moment. We're going to step out. Mike Brennan is coming in with MI Tech News. And uh, after we finish finding out about the headlines with him, we'll step back with you and kind of wrap things up here on the first hour of the Internet Advisor. It's that time of the program to catch up with one of our favorite people, and that's Mr. Mike Brennan, who's the editor of MI Tech News. Mike, how you doing, sir? Great. I'm smoking my victory cigar as we speak. Uh-oh. So. Uh-oh. That's right. And that may be why Mr. Baker isn't here. <laughs> That's it. He's up at East Lansing watching, well, watching the game. The game has been over for about an hour now. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're talking about the uh, U of M MSU game, that traditional uh, rivalry. And, oh, uh, well, for those who are uh, Spartan fans, it did not turn out so well. And uh, Gary was, however... Even though he's a Wolverine, he was up there faithfully rooting for the green and white along with uh, his son, uh, Justin, who was there. And my grandsons uh, are up there as well. A number of them are up there studying right now, too. But, Mike, let's talk about Damai Tech News and some of the headlines that popped up this week. And one of them certainly is something that gives us a lot of pride, and that is uh, that employment in southeast Michigan has reached a new high. When's the last time we heard that? 2007, before the Great Recession that humbled oh. us all. Oh, it didn't According it? to the Workforce Intelligent Network, which is a 16-county partnership region, essentially the greater southeast Michigan area, just came out with a second quarter report showed that some 35,000 new jobs were added between April and June. And uh, the thing that impressed me the most was almost 56% of all jobs in Michigan can be found in the 16 counties of southeast Michigan. What what percentage was that? 56%. Whoa. Wow, yeah, so uh, it's all good. And the other thing is that the unemployment rate in that same region is down as low as it's been since 2001. 
Oh, my goodness. Yes. Boy, a lot, so to, lot to be thankful for. We got for. hammered by the recession. <laughs> we're did. not all the way back, but we're getting real close. We're getting close. And a lot of it is in technology. A lot Absolutely, of it is technology. Yes. Uh, that's what WIN's all about is trying to, uh, well, that's part of what they're about, but certainly uh, trying to hook up uh, all the folks out there with technology talent mm-hmm. with available jobs. And there's a whole bunch of jobs out there that need to be filled. And that's the real difficult part right now. Mm, and that is the challenge right now. By the way, one of the people you spoke about uh, when you were talking with people at the cybersecurity conference was um, Michigan CIO David Bean. I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, and he gave you some reasons why Michigan is also top in cybersecurity, a very important facet nowadays. Oh, absolutely. And part of this goes, well, a large part of this goes back to Governor Snyder, who is, you know, the head nerd. That's and right. when he came into office, I mean, he got it. He understood the issue. A lot of these politicians, when they get elected governor, don't really understand technology mm. all that well. But the governor being the former chief executive officer of Gateway and, you know, technology right. venture capitalist, he understood it. So he gave uh, David Bien, the former CIO for Washington County, his marching orders, and David's executed it, and he's done a brilliant job. And Michigan is considered by most people in the country as one of the top three states in the country for how well we have our cybersecurity programs together. That is good news indeed for us, especially for businesses in this area. One last uh, headline I see here that's caught my attention because we're getting close to hunting season. The MI Hunt, or My Hunt app, apparently is planning some great, uh, providing some great planning options for hunters and for outdoor adventurers, especially um, when it has to do with public lands. Yeah, absolutely. That's the biggest part is, Obviously, clearly, on private land, there's a whole bunch of other issues. Uh, some of those, uh, most of those are posted, and the farmers or whoever owns them are not really excited about the fact that hunters are out there. But there's a ton of public land out there, and what this app will let you do is find out where that land is yep. and, and where you can go in topography, aerial photography, street maps. It's got it all, and you can check it out at MI Hunt. That sounds really good. That's a uh... Just three of the headlines, folks, that you'll find there, along with all sorts of other good stuff, like uh, some uh, links to some of the podcasts or other, ours and M Squared TechCast, for instance, my, the one that uh, you do weekly with uh, Matt Rausch, and always got some interesting things going on there. And, uh, well, just a whole host of things, including a new a link to something that you're doing that's brand new, which is your video link. Yeah, we're actually doing a couple of different things. I think I can announce it now, although I'm a little, we haven't officially announced, but I think we're close enough. We're uh, becoming the video news partner for Automation Alley. That will be announced next week. Um, we've shot all the videos. I'm just getting them all edited. Uh, we'll be making that announcement next week. So the, in Automation Alley is this huge organization, and, and so we're really excited about that. We're also really excited about MI Realcast, which is we invite folks that have really cool videos of their of their technology anywhere in the world to submit those to us, and we'll go through them, and if we like them, we'll post them, promote them, and uh, we'll show you what's happening in technology around the world. That sounds fantastic. You know, somebody who's with us in our studio right now is uh, Kevin Shane. He is the CEO of ACD.net up in Lansing. I think yes. you may be familiar with that. 
Yes, I'm familiar with ACD. Yeah, very good organization. Yeah, Kevin, glad to have you on. Now, you heard him talking about some of the things that are coming up. We've been talking just a little bit before this, Mike, with Kevin, about the whole notion of the need for for all for businesses, for everyone, to have broader band connection because of all the video. And you're just giving two more examples of video that's coming out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, you know, uh, I think I think video, training videos, I think are the, the, another great uh, big thing in the tech business when when we we want to train our people on routers and switches there's things like cbt nuggets other websites like that where uh almost all of the tech stuff even programming is on uh, on training videos well he's now uh, mike has now got some other additions to that uh with automation alley they're going to be having uh, people are going to be presenting uh, mike as i remember you're telling me um businesses will be able to give a short presentation of their product or service am i right Yes, think of it as a video press release. I mean, video mm-hmm. is everything. I mean, I've read so. I, I, this is not a decision we made lightheartedly. I've been looking at studies. I've been talking to a lot of people, and video is where all the action is going forward. In fact, I read a study that showed by was uh, 2019, maybe 2018, 90 percent of the traffic moving on Facebook will be video. And so wow. video is what everybody stops to look at. They may not look at the whole thing, but they'll at least stop and look at it. And so uh, you get tremendous search engine optimization out of it. We're real excited about this. We think this is going to make our numbers jump exponentially. I can tell you, just t- kind of parenthetically, but looking at Facebook, I'm seeing more and more video there. It's not just the, the written reports. It's everything is turning into video. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got live streaming now on uh, Facebook. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. quite amazing. It's going to keep on jumping. Mike, let's tell folks quickly how they can get hold of MI Tech News. Simple, MITechnews.com, <laughs> or come to your page at uh, internetadvisor.net, and uh, you'll find the sign-up link there. We have two newsletters. Uh, we have, uh, well, Matt and I do, Matt Roush and I do an internet radio show live every Monday on right. the podcast Detroit Network, and, on, of course, I'm on you guys' uh, show every week. Right. Uh, and now we're going to have video with, uh, well, Automation Alley is merely just the first partner we've signed up. <laughs> I can't tell you the others yet because we haven't got those deals done, but... Uh, we're going to be all over the place. I get the feeling it's to infinity and beyond. There you go, yes. <laughs> Mike, thanks so much for being with us again, and have a great weekend. All right, thanks, Foster. You too. All right. Kevin, let's wrap things up by uh, telling folks a little bit more, just kind of quickly, about ACD.net and how they can find out more, maybe if they're in Lansing or Jackson or anywhere, they can get connected to ACD.net. Oh, yeah. We we provide services all across the state, primarily uh, uh, on the border of Metro Detroit, and everywhere else, but you know, from uh, Mount Pleasant, Boyne City, Traverse City, you know, Grand Rapids, basically every uh, every mid-sized town and higher, you know, Lansing, Jackson. Uh, our website's www.acd.net, and our uh, phone number is five one seven nine 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 nine. Nine nine wow. nine. Wow! How did you get that I number? That's awesome! <laughs> wow! Five one seven and all the rest are nines. We'll be sure to post it on our website as well. Thank you, Kevin, so much for being with us. Thank you, and the very best to you. That's acd.net, guys. When we come back this next hour, we're going to talk about some of our travels and things that we discovered as we were traveling, uh, both Ed and myself. And then uh, Cal and Ed are going to be reporting on some of the big product reveals that came up this last week with Microsoft and with Apple. All that coming up in hour number two of the Internet Advisor, so please do stay tuned for more. There's lots more coming your way. Thank you so much for allowing us into your lives with the Internet Advisor. 
You're listening to a podcast of the Internet Advisor Show. To see the show notes for this program, visit our homepage, theinternetadvisor.net. You'll discover past podcasts, our free toolkit with software to clean up your computer and keep it running strong, and many other resources. You'll also find links to MITechnews.com, our co-sponsored weekly tech and entrepreneur newsletter, edited by Mike Brennan. If you have a question for our hosts, just click the contact button on the homepage and send us an email with the details. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook and Twitter and at Detroit's newest podcast network, podcastdetroit.com. Now let's get back to the second hour of the Internet Advisor. Welcome to hour number two. Hi, I'm Foster Brown, the co-host and producer of the program, and we got a great show lined up for you. In this hour number two, we've been traveling this week, Ed, to Lost Wages, uh, otherwise known as Las Vegas, and high on a 1,500-mile car trip to St. Louis, Missouri, and points west, and coming back last night. We got some interesting things to talk about in terms of both our travel and some big reveals this past week, so stay tuned. Thank you for allowing us into your busy lives with this hour number two of the Internet Advisor. To our affiliates, how you doing out there? Glad to have you aboard as well. And to those of you who listen to on our podcast, we're delighted that you decided to do that. And uh, by the way, if you'd like to catch us and you say podcast, yes, simply go to internetadvisor.net. And on Sunday nights after the show is over, and we record at the same time as we're normally on the air live on WJR, between 4 and 6 o'clock Eastern Time, um, we'll post that. And you can simply go to internetadvisor.net and Download the podcast for yourself to listen at your leisure. And you'll find that on iTunes and also on podcastdetroit.net. Well, guys, a big week of travel for a number of us. Ed, you, and myself, we were on the road. You by plane and me by car. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought? So, yeah, we did some traveling. And one of the things we experienced was uh, we used Uber for the first time. because How of the, was it? It was good. I mean, the, the from the... Um, uh, Las Vegas airport, they got us to the hotel and, uh, we had the ability to select, uh, XL for an extra large vehicle. And, uh, we got a, you know, cause there huge, were how many, you, you like six of them? There were six of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of my wife's family, the Lankins are all of them are over six foot. Oh, so, you know, Mark is six, five and Anita's oh, my six goodness. foot. My wife's six foot, Janet's six, three, you know? So yeah, there's quite a lot, you know. So tell me about Uber, just first of all. How do you use Uber? I've never used it. Well, we download the application. You you Uh authenticate. So use the app. It's, you know, of course, you can use it on Android or iPhone. Download the app. Put in your information. Um, You don't have to uh, immediately enter your credit card information, which is nice, so that you can look through the interface and see if it's something you can even, so you can experiment with it without even trying to use it. But the first time you tried to, you want to re- reserve a vehicle, of course, you do have to put your credit card information okay. in there. And okay. so we were able to navigate and find out, is this something we really want to do? For $23, we were able to travel from LA to our, ho- or not from the airport to our hotel. Wow. The shuttle was $25 a person. Ouch. You know, $50 for round trip. So we were able to each pay $5 for the six of us to take a X- XL large vehicle uh, from Uber. And that worked out great. On the way back, though, one of the drivers cheated a little bit, and they had a journey. Um, and, <laughs> a uh, much smaller. Much smaller vehicle. And this shouldn't even qualify as an XL vehicle. Yeah. We did fit. All of us had to carry 
uh, had no room for luggage. Luckily, we were flying Spirit, and we had just the carry-on oh, okay. personal item. And um, so all of us had to have that in the lap. So that guy no. was a jerk. Not a jerk. A jerk that he specified he had an yeah. XL vehicle. In yeah, yeah. But you you also said that, uh, was it one of the uh, people who had the um, um, the application on their phone discovered, this is interesting, Cal, you could actually find out that information about what the vehicle was. Correct. Yeah, so we were able to, you could see that there were four or five Uber vehicles within one or two minutes, and some of them just hovering by the airport or by casinos. Ah. Um, and then later on, though, we discovered that they were able to then, once you selected a person, you could find out what type of vehicle they have. And uh-huh. we didn't realize that until after we selected the XL user. So but it's so a learning curve. Yeah, and, and matter of fact, you, uh, I think when you said Anita discovered that that was a journey, she could have known that ahead of time. She could have, she could have found that ahead yeah. of time if, yeah. if we'd known the application a little better. That's very interesting uh, because uh, I also uh, downloaded an app to my phone in order to be able to use Airbnb. Yes. Which is a, a great way to travel. Um, it allowed us to save an incredible amount of money as well. Um, we hadn't thought, we, I, I had been planning this, wife, this trip with my wife to see her brother for his 70th birthday in St. Louis. And uh, we knew we were going to be driving down there. And um, so I had gone ahead and had gotten the cheapest hotel room I could, as close as I could to him. Right. And it was going to cost us close to $300 so for two nights. Night. Oh, really? $150? $150 a night for, for pretty sparse accommodations. In yeah. any case, um, my wife was uh, talking about this with her hairdresser. Who yeah. is uh, who thirty know something? Everything yes. they do, they know everything. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's like a barber for men, you know, they know everything. She, uh, God bless her, Kate, uh, told us. She said, "Well, have you ever thought of using Airbnb?" Now I said, "What's that? Airbnb dot net or com dot com?" Okay, just want to make sure. So uh, we went ahead. I uh, I then started investigating as well, like you did with Uber. With and it's Uber. a way of reserving, um, um, like Uber. So it's people rent their houses. Or a portion of their a house. A portion of their house. A bedroom, for instance. Yeah. Or the whole house. Or the whole house. I've could seen be that. The, it could be the whole house as well, Cal. Uh, but in this case, it was a room on the house. It's real important that you give them the correct syntax for that. How is that? Air, B, N, B? Or Thank you. Go ahead. Air, B, N, B. So it's a B, N, the letter N, and B. And a lot. Dot com. So they'll give you a bed, but not necessarily a breakfast, as Cal discovered, because he's like, did you get breakfast in with that? No. Hey, man, I'm in St. Louis, man. I want red eye gravy and, you know, a little bit of, you know, Well, the here's Louis the deal. You can hunt around. Yeah. Like we had our choice when we, what you do is you give them ice, for instance, in St. Louis, I said, we want someplace near Central West End. That's mm-hmm. a neighborhood where my brother in law lives in an apartment building. And so they gave us a number of places that were generally in the area. They could have been like within a radius of a couple of miles or so. Any case, um, and then you look at the different places and see what they have to offer. Right. This one had one bedroom. It gives you uh, images, it gives you good pictures yes. of the place. And then it gives you the rate and it tells you what you can get um, for that. So, how much did you end up spending uh, for your two nights? Yes. $94. That's incredible savings. So, how were the people that uh, that you were they approachable? Of course, they'd have oh, to be. 
This young lady was just, um, her name was Emily. She was uh, um, um, a nurse practitioner at a uh, local hospital for, um, a pediatric hospital mm-hmm. for kids who were in really rough shape. And she was a gem. Country girl from out in Illinois who had come into the big city and was uh, applying her skills in there. Just a wonderful, wonderful person. I have a feeling that generally speaking, these people have to be kind of gregarious to be able to open their homes like this yeah. to complete strangers. <clears throat> and she was, and, and just a wonderful person. I had hoped to have her on the show today, but we couldn't make the connections quite today. Maybe we'll do it sometime in the future. I'll get her on just to say, you know, how she got involved in Airbnb. Um, it's, a, it's something that started in 2008 yeah. with a guy who um, his landlord had just raised his rent 25% in one month in San Francisco. And uh, he said, I got to find a way of getting around this. Now, when I tried using Airbnb, I'll have to tell you, uh, my experience wasn't as good. When I tried to do the um, spring training for the Tigers in Lakeland, uh, I couldn't find anything under $150 a night. Oh, wow. Well, that may be a different and maybe a different case in different places. So shop around. Shop around. We'll be right back. Talk a little bit more about our travels and then get to some of the reveals that went on this week. I'd like to tip my hat to the man behind the glass. That's Mr. Rich Luzinski, who's our engineer and producer today. Thanks, Rich, so much for your help making the program work as he does so well behind the scenes. Very valuable member of our team here. Ed Riddell and Cal Carson in street with me, Foster Brown. And we're talking about travel. And I hope, by the way, this is kind of a mind opener for some of you folks out there who are looking to travel, as it was for us. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about my experience with, well, Ed's experience with Uber. I haven't done that yet, by the way. Cal, have you done that? No, but I'm actually going to try Lyft. Because, oh, Lyft is the L- I was L-Y-F-T? In, I was L-Y-F-T, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was in a store the other day, and they had a bunch of cards laying on the table and says, you know, get a free Lyft ride, yada, yada, mm. yada. So I figured I'm going gra- to grab a couple of them and give it a shot. Yeah. They're competitors, right? Yes. Yes, yes. Lyft Pretty is, much the same deal? Same deal. You you know, you just get in contact with them, tell them the type of you know ride that you want to get, and they'll come by and grab you and take you wherever you want to go. I've had a couple other people I've talked to have used Lyft, and they were in New York City, and they were extremely happy uh, oh. Just happy like uh, Ed was with the Uber situation because they said in comparison to a taxi, the thing was wonderful because the taxis are absolutely filthy, she said. Right. Yeah. And that's what I found. The vehicles were immaculately clean. Um, because it's the, well, the, the taxis often, they, that's right. It's their personal vehicle. Right. right. That's, not, a, that's part of the incentive, I guess. Not yeah. to mention that's the fact that it sells it for them. And, you know, they don't have, like, taxi printed on the side of the car. So they have to, you know, if the, their reputation is based upon service and cleanliness. And mm-hmm. so, therefore, yeah, they'd have to keep it that way. Yeah. Which is great. I'm surprised that they've been able to, to, to fight off the taxis in New York, knowing how much it costs to get taxis licenses and oh things like gosh, that. Yes. A medallion in New York for a taxi driver is $85,000. <gasps> A medallion being like the license? Yeah, yeah. The, basically the license for them to be a tax. A minimum. Uh, some of medallions go for over a million dollars. My gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's wow. crazy. How can they? What? And, and and so a lot of these people, so that's what they said. They uh, they were taxi drivers. They got tired of paying percentages. And uh, they had they know they have their own vehicle. And this is the way they can get paid directly. And they get a paid percent a percentage, and so does Uber. 
Um, they, they rode in 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 the Lyft car, and I think they said they paid thirteen dollars wow. to do the trip. The same trip in a taxi would have been forty five to fifty five dollars. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's kind of like, I imagine we're kind of like in the transition between horse and buggy and cars in that sense that there, there's such a huge shift that's going on right now. It's just mind-boggling. Like with Airbnb, in this case, um, I'll, I'll say it, it was a Holiday Inn Express that we, were, that we had first, you know, looked at uh, the prices on, and that was going to be close to $300 for two nights. Well, well, I, well I, about the best thing, I can get, by the well, way. Well, the one thing that you're not going to get with... Airbnb that you would get with other airlines is like Travelocity and Expedia is you could bundle airline tickets with hotels. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, that hasn't started happening as far as I know with Airbnb. No, 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 no. And, and, and not to mention the fact that you, you were looking for a place to sleep. You weren't looking for yes. a place where you're going to stay and you want it amenities like a swimming pool and an exercise facility you can get that well yes i yeah it's interesting with airbnb um which is the uh, the lodging uh, application that you can uh, download uh which we use this this time around you can choose that kind of a place there are some places that say we have a pool attached or we have whatever and then yes the prices go up you know, then oh, yeah, it definitely. might be competitive with a local hotel. Oh man, when I was looking at those places in in Lakeland, I mean, these cinder block places were charging one hundred and fifty dollars a night. Yeah, like, that's I, that, uh, no. I mean, good luck, buddy. You know, that, that's I, discouraging to find that they. But I, I guess, well, there that also happens in the market. It's a free demand. market. It's that's supply exactly and demand. supply and demand. And the place that we stayed in West Lafayette, Indiana, coming back was uh, near Purdue University, and the price was ridiculous. It was yeah. like forty four bucks a night, <laughs> and it was basics. And what what this is good for is those impromptu times where you want to go visit relatives, but you know they only have a one bedroom house. Yep. And you don't want to stay in a hotel. You could you could stay in uh, and and they're they're rural. Maybe mm-hmm. they're miles away. You might find someone with an Airbnb in Ortonville, Michigan. And, exactly. And you could come visit Ed because I don't have a spare bedroom for you. Exactly. You know, but and you, you can come visit me and spend the night <laughs> at someone else at Airbnb. You don't have a loft in the barn I can sleep in? Some hay? Well, for you, Cal, I'll give you a loft in the barn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just put a wood-burning stove in there, too. Ooh, like hey, in the sweet. Nothing like a rustic feel. Uh, wait, but I don't want to take up too much time, but I, I hope we kind of open minds here that there are other ways of traveling out there if you'll dare step into some of these. These are both through applications. And we're about a year behind this. I mean, we really are. We are. I mean, I mean fighting... Uh, You're right. Yeah. I mean, they've been doing Uber and it's been in the news for two years or so. <laughs> Airbnb for at least We're just discovering more. this because we're old geezers. Right. <laughs> we have to... We have to yeah, we broadcast from experience, right? That's exactly it. But I think that's that's a good way to do it. The other yeah. thing, too, by the way, is you can um, uh, book a, a place, let's say, for a couple nights in St. Louis, maybe two, three nights around St. Louis, as an example, or around Detroit someplace. And uh, the people very often will say, we'll help you find restaurants in the area. We'll help you find uh, sites to see. Mm-hmm. Like the young woman um, who was our hostess, um, Emily Mellican in uh, St. Louis, um, she was a sweetheart. I mean, she had 27 places near her that she was going to recommend to people to visit. And we were near Forest Park and a whole bunch of other things. So they really take some time to go into effort to help people to really feel like they're at home there and that they can get to know places they can walk and walk safely. And think, right. there's this, it's a, it's a wonderful inside track, often not just a savings as well. Right. And, 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 a lot of them would say, you know, you don't want to go over there. I mean, that that's really hokey or that's a tourist trap. You exactly. want to explore this park as an example yeah, if, exactly. you, if you're into hiking, you know, it, stuff like that. So those are good things I, as you travel. 
Uh, I think you had asked, or Ed had asked us, uh, Cal had asked us during a break, what electronic we brought. Wasn't that, Cal, you asked? What oh, electronics? Yeah, when you went traveling, on, I, both of you guys, when you went traveling and stuff like that, what electronics did you take with you? Or were you actually on vacation and you left that crap at home? <laughs> the only thing I used my phone for was to keep track of uh, what time, if it was 4 o'clock in the morning or 5 o'clock in the morning when I was in Vegas. Why really? would you care? There's no clocks there's, in the casino. There are no clocks, but my they body make sure was saying, you don't see am I tired because I've been up too long or am I just tired because I didn't eat? And it's just the bright lights just keep you up all night. So if you're tired because you didn't eat, you just go down to the buffet and have some more. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, they've really cut back on the buffets in Vegas. Really? Yes. They it's, just do not have those all night buffets like they used to. Wow. Oh, wow. I wonder if you can look on the internet and find out which ones do. Well, if I had a device I brought with me, I probably could have. But <laughs> I did bring my, all I brought was my phone. There were no PCs. And, and I, I did well with just that. Well, mine was not necessarily a vacation for me. I drove 1,500 miles. So it was a busman's holiday in that sense. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I needed my phone. We used it both for navigating, getting to, well, to a number of places that I really didn't have a good idea where they were. And, and the different applications I had on my phone, Google Maps right. and Waze, W-A-Z-E, which is a wonderful application developed by Israelis and bought. You know, we, we forgot to look, to look that. that up. If that was actually a Microsoft product or a Google bottom, we're not sure. We'll look during the break and see if I can find out. But they were recently bought either by Microsoft or Google. But in any case, um, I used them to help navigate. And then as we were traveling, I used my iPhone 6 Plus, uh, Cal, uh, as a hotspot for my wife to be able to get on with her laptop and check her email and uh, answer questions that people send her on a site that she's on. So... It probably would be safe to say that nowadays, no one goes on vacation without technology. I would say it depends on where you go. If you're going into the woods someplace, maybe not. But getting to the woods, you probably do need it. <laughs> you know, just for fun, the next time I go travel somewhere, and I'm really not in a hurry, but I'm just out traveling casually, I'm going to take my phone, I'm going to lock it in the trunk, and just try to see how things work without it. I think you're right. You know, in some states, that's illegal. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's Texas and the gun law. I'm sorry. <laughs> the guns have to be you, clearly Last legal. night, we were coming back into Michigan up uh, uh, I-69, and there's a special um, rest area there. It's kind of a welcome center to Michigan. Yeah. And they have a big bin with Michigan maps. Paper maps? Really? Yeah. My wife dives in and she says, oh, I want one of those. She says, yeah. I love those paper I, maps. I love those maps. I still like Thank them. Too. Waze was purchased by Google. Okay, it is Google. It okay. was Google. So that's why traffic jams now show up on Google would be one of the reasons. And detouring. Yep, Google Maps and Waze both look like they're working the same way. Okay, coming back, we get some reports on those big reveals. Welcome back to the Internet Advisor. Cal, you have one more app to recommend for people who travel. Yeah, of course. Yeah, this one is put out by the Sherman Bathroom people. <laughs> And it is called Sit or Squat. No. And, no, I'm serious as a heart attack. And, and what it is, it tells you where uh, public restrooms are close to you and which ones, and they've been rated by other people who have gone to them. So it tells you which ones are really nice and which ones that eh, maybe you might want to fry in a tree. Sit or Squat. Sit dot com? or Squat. No, this is you oh, go it's to, the, go to the, the app. Either the Google Play Store or go to the App Store on uh, for, for uh, iOS and look for Sherman Sit 
or squat. I love it. Oh my. By the way, it's no joke if you're older and driving. <laughs> you want a clean place. Oh my goodness. It becomes more and more necessary. I, I thought as a public service, we should mention yes. that. All right. Uh, who's going to start with Microsoft or with, let's start with Cal, you with Mac. Uh, you're more vintage though, my friend. <laughs> uh, Apple had uh, an announcement this week. Uh, and basically the biggest part of the announcement was about the Macs. But before I go to those, I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, some of the other things they announced. And one of them was Apple TV. And uh, I oh, believe oh. in December, they're putting out a update uh, for the Apple TV uh, operating system. and Apple TV 1, 2, or 3? 4. This is four. for the Apple TV 4. 4. So this you is, have to so buy a new that device. Purchased, that had the 1 or 2 or 3? Uh, these uh, these features won't, a lot of the features won't apply. Okay, okay. Yeah. you need the new hardware. Yeah, Because I know you hardware. have one of each that so you've never plugged in. <laughs> well, no, the Apple TV 4 is plugged in and up and running. Oh, it is? Good for you. Yes, okay. We'll the talk Apple about TV that. 2 is still hermetically sealed in the box. Well, what does the 4 run? Uh, 199 for the 16 gig and 299 for the... The 16 gig being the amount of storage yes. on it, like right. for DB. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then the, the other one's larger, and I think it's 299 or something mm-hmm. like that. But they've got a, 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 a TV app now, and the TV mm-hmm. app takes all of your TV and clusters it together under one app so you can look at it. It keeps track of all the shows you've been doing. It looks for shows that may be favorable to you and that sort of thing. And you can all go to just one location by one touch on the screen, and it brings all your stuff up. So if I say I want to find uh, so Doc you, Martin, and I would put that in, it could tell me where it was being served to me or where it was? Yes, or if you had a bunch of shows that you look at on various services. Let's say you're yeah. following one series on Hulu. You're following another one on Netflix. Yeah. You're following another one on CBS yeah. TV. It, t- it knows all the ones that you use and clusters them under one screen. So I can just look for that name, whatever it may be, uh, Longmire. Yes. You know, the Western. And I would, I would be able to go, and it would take me right to where it's at. Oh, right. so instead Regardless of Regardless of the service. Yeah, regard, independent of the services. That's a cool feature. Yeah. And in addition to that, that same app will work on any of your other iOS devices. So you can do it on your telephone. You can mm. do it on your tablet. Mm. So, yeah. That, Does that, that was, mean it would... It would, even the one that would tap in then to the like Roku, where I have a subscription, or it would tap into Amazon any, Plus, any service, Amazon Prime. Any services that are offered under the Apple TV. Ah, see, that's the problem. They still aren't got that walled garden in that sense. Well, when was the last time Roku opened up oh, no, the no, door? No, and no, let, no, no. Yeah, you know, everybody's got their own. Yeah, everybody's got their own ecosystem. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, it would find it along the lines of the. Of the subscriptions that are under that umbrella of Correct. Apple TV. Okay. Yeah, and if you had those subscriptions, you'd know how to, to Okay, gotcha. It. So that was really handy. I like that. I'm looking forward to that in December. Okay. Uh, in addition to that, then they talked about the new MacBooks. And, oh, my God, they are really, really cool. And, yes, of course, I want one. <laughs> but the only thing that has been going around publicly that people are talking about is the price because it's a bit aggressive. Uh-oh. Um. But let me talk a little bit more about the books first. They, they have a new 13 and a new 15-inch. The 13 comes with two different flavors. One you can get with the traditional F keys along the top of the screen, on uh, yeah. top, top uh-huh. of the keyboard. The other 13-inch and the 15-inch come with the touch screen. Uh, uh, where the F... 
where all the F keys are. But that's the very top row, folks. Where yeah, where all starts the starts with escape keys. and it goes all the way across to the uh, eject button. Now, yeah. these are the MacBook Pros or the MacBook Airs? These are the Pros. Okay. And and because of this, now what it does is called the, uh, the, the touchpad, and uh, touch bar, I should say. And what it does is that it is uh, application aware. So if you are looking, uh, using Photoshop, the touch bar's functions on that bar will be things that you do in Photoshop. Enlarge oh. a picture, light, dark, oh. that sort of thing as it goes along. So you can do that sort of thing. Um, it will also, you can touch a button and it'll tall turn back into the function keys that you might want. Mm. So mm-hmm. it does that sort of thing. Now on the far end where you would traditionally have that, uh, oh, well, let's see, on mine it has an eject button. Yeah. Well, that's where the power button is now. Uh-huh. So you touch that, and then you turn the machine on and off. In addition, in that same area, if you're buying something on the Internet and you want to pay with Apple Pay, mm-hmm. you can take your finger, touch it if you have it set up to pay with your fingerprint, and you can pay right on the screen. Oh, so you have Apple Pay on your uh, MacBook Pro. Right on your oh, MacBook Pro. And yeah, there's a, a biometric uh, reader on it. It is. Wow. Can you use that to open the machine as well, or, are your, or is it just for pay? You can, you can walk up to it, and when you touch it, to uh, to uh, bring it out of sleep, it would read your fingerprint and say, oh, "Okay, that's Foster. I can unlock the machine." Ah, okay, okay. So it, it can use it for opening it. So All is there right. something like, like the to, phone does now? Is right. there something that's like to uh, to to poke a vein or anything in the place? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Not yeah, yet. and the really cool part about it is, in addition to you could walk up and unlock it like that. If you had multiple users on the machine, if the other user comes up and touches that button, it will automatically switch user to that person's oh, profile, I and you got it. it up and going. Yeah, that's that sweet. Is Interesting. That that's is good. sweet. Now, yeah. they're using on that machine the connectors on the side. Uh, on oh, yeah. the uh, MacBook 13-inch, you and, yeah, on the 13-inch and on the 15-inch, they have four Thunderbolt 3 connectors. Four? Four. Wow. Now, here's the slick trick about it. The, the Thunderbolt connectors on the side are designed the same way as USB-C. Ah. Therefore, all four of those ports, you could plug an AC adapter in and charge. So you no could, kidding. You could charge your, your device four times faster? No, you can charge it in four different spots. Like normally on a device, you uh, have one place where you put your AC adapter. Yeah, yeah. You can actually put it in any of those four spots and it works. So it's two on the left and two on the right? Yep. Oh, that's good. Mm. I like that. That's a good idea. Those Thunderbolt uh, adapters also allow you to run anything from USB, VGA, HDMI, video display, display port as well off those three ports. Yeah. Those Oof. ports as well. Uh, let's see. So you're not, ha- you're not having to choose between ports. No. They all serve the same purpose. Yeah. Uh, of course, you'll probably have to use dongles and adapters depending on which one it is. <laughs> yeah. but that sort of thing. But it's enough power in the 15-inch now that they set it up where off that port you could drive the video graphics on the laptop itself and two 4K monitors. Oh, my goodness. And still wow. have some overhead left on it. They compared this uh, 25 years ago is when they came out with the PowerBook 170. Mm-hmm. PowerBook 170 was running uh, a 68,000 processor in it. So they compared the two. And <laughs> if, let's see, how did it go? The New MacBook Pro is 6.8 times, 6.8 million times faster than that machine. (laughs) 
So that basically, if you broke it down, if you had a process that you had to run on that PowerBook 170, and that process ran for a full year to do the calculation, you can do it in six seconds on a new Mac. Oh my goodness! If I if I'm remembering right, I believe the 68,000 Motorola processor it, it couldn't have been more than 64 megabyte processing speed. I don't remember. Yeah, it, it was. It was not much. No, yeah. no, no. But it was a long time. But that was long, a long, long time ago. ago. Uh, Retina display, of course. Um, yeah, let's see what else. And so I got to ask you, with all this goodness that's in it, yeah, what's the sucker cost? Oh, by the way, uh, <laughs> they're also the 13-inch MacBook Pro. Okay, is actually thinner than the 13-inch MacBook Air. Oh my goodness! And is also 12% smaller. But yet you still have a 13 inch. So that means now. no DVD drives anymore, which is pretty much on the wayside. Who's when's the last yeah, time the you've ones ever I've installed? got right now? I was noticing yeah. as I was lugging this thing around. Boy, that's heavy. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, about seven pounds, I think. The MacBook Pro 13 inch weighs three pounds. Oh my. Half which is the weighs. same weight as a MacBook Air. And the 15 inch is four pounds. Now get back to the costs. You get 10 hours of battery life. <laughs> no way. He's I'm, deflecting. He's still <laughs> deflecting, yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, they were, and they would come with uh, i5 and i7 processor for uh-huh. the 13. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> i7 for the Your 15. wife must hate you when she asks you a direct question. Oh, okay. I hear the music. What is oh, it? Oh, gee, we ran out of time. No. All right. You can get a Pro 13-inch for $14.99. You can okay. get a uh, 15-inch Pro for $17.99. Uh, no, excuse me. For $17.99 or $23.99. <laughs> Hang on to your piggy bank, folks. It's in danger. I hope you've enjoyed the ride this afternoon with Ed Kell and myself, Foster Brown, and uh, you've come away maybe with some little hints on things if you're traveling to use, uh, like Airbnb or Uber or Lyft or some of those other things we've been talking about. But in the meantime, we're going to be talking about some of the reveals, and Kel just talked to us about the Apple reveal of that uh, 13-inch tab, uh, the MacBook Pro. 13, 15-inch MacBook Pro and uh, some Apple TV enhancements. And if you go to Apple... Dot com. Dot com. You can find all that information as well. Oh, so, tons. Much more detail as well. Take lots of cash with you. <laughs> yeah, right. Save, save, save. All right, Ed, your turn to talk about what Microsoft had to show. Well, Microsoft had a big event on October 26th. And if you mm. remember... Just the day before. They, they, they sent an announcement to a bunch of reporters at the beginning of the month of October and basically said... Come to this event, you know we were going to make have a big reveal, and and you knew it was going to be along Windows 10 and some of the enhancements yeah. that they've released with their enhancement pack. But what Microsoft did announce is um, several new hardware devices and some new services. So Microsoft is going to come up with a brand new Microsoft Surface Book i7. They're calling it. So it's like they're they're you know how they had the Microsoft Surface was it the, they're on the third generation already. Yeah. Because Gary has that. Well, the next one isn't going to be called a Surface Pro. It's uh, four. It's going to be called a Surface Book i7. Uh, with the uh-huh. and the big part about is that because it, of the chip that it contains. It contains a, a full pro. Yes, it contains a new. Um, i7 processor as opposed to the i5, and it has a bigger battery that supports 16 hours of continuous use. Whoa. But the price point on this is also taking a big hit. It'll um, $2,400 <sighs> as opposed to what it was, you know, the twelve or 1400 for the, mm. the version of the Surface you had before. So you're the, so pretty much it's the Surface 3 still going to remain in circulation, or you could jump up to the i7 uh, of the okay. Surface. And they also announced a... Um, 
Microsoft Surface Studio Edition. Ah, uh, now that was the one that looked intriguing. 28 inches, touchscreen, um, you know, 12 millimeters thick. Um, of course, again, with an i7 processor, 32 gig memory, 2 gigabyte or 2 terabyte of uh, storage, disk drive storage, probably <laughs> solid state, and a huge video card in this thing. So for uh, it's a GeForce 980M video card. So they, is this a desktop unit? This is a desktop all-in-one all in unit. All-in-one desktop. So I've seen that somewhere before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they've had those. Uh, <clears throat> HP's had them for a while and some yeah. other company. I can't remember. Um, and but 27 inches 28 inches well and the other thing too is that i, I saw it's a, a touch screen it's a touch screen and it it, uh, it cocks forward or it leans lean yep it leans down Almost so that it becomes a, like a tablet a surface that's right a, uh, a service with multiple angles that you can for your viewing so somebody was saying it's touching. like uh if you're an artist or an architect yes. it would be like that like a drafting board that's it drafting board that wasn't oh, real that's a good one. yeah that's perfect you're um, welcome <laughs> Other thing they did is, um, so really looking forward to get my hands on one of those. So what they also did is, is they come up with. We talked about a little bit about Microsoft 3D Paint, which is now available in the Microsoft. Oh, their paint program now. Store yes, is is what they want to do is this whole event. This Microsoft unveiled product enhancements for artists and content creators. That's what this whole event about was about. And they have this 3D Paint application, which um, allows you to. Uh, it's, a, it's a completely revamped Microsoft Paint, which is one of the most popular apps that Microsoft has ever developed for free. And it's free now. And everything's going 3D nowadays. So this app allows you to um, bring a, a picture in. You could just scan it in, take a picture of it, mm -hmm. um, or grab a photo off the internet. And you could render it 3D. You could massage it. It has 3D cropping tools. So if you wow. can use a stylist or you can use your mouse and just select an area of the screen, it'll find borders and crop that. Remember in the old days how we used to try to grab a, manipulate a photo and you had to trace along the outside to cut people out? Yes, yeah. With a, with an, an um, Apple apps and Adobe applications, you had the ability now with smart type of um, border finds so that you can like just pull someone out of a photograph. I, I saw that they had this thing that looked like a circle that they placed on top of that surface that suddenly... I know something happened on it. Well, you're jumping ahead of me there because that's called the Oops. Microsoft, um, where is the Surface Dial. So it's about the size of a, it's, it's shaped like a hockey puck, but a lot smaller, uh, like a dollar piece. And uh, it's a new wireless input device. So it's, it allows it like a 3D mouse type of environment where you can twist and turn and pick it up and uh, the screen reacts to your 3D it. environment, yeah, with haptic feedback. Oh, so wow. if you're massaging your 3D elements, you'll get a feedback when you're reaching the borders of your 3D environment so that you know when to stop and stuff. So uh, the demonstrations of these are all on the Microsoft website. It's a two-hour video. So, <laughs> And I was just skipping through it, you know, with, you know, uh, serious jet lag. Um, <laughs> but they, okay, so... Another thing they released is, we talked about this in our first hour, is Microsoft released a new VR headset. So oh, yes. if you remember about nine months ago, Microsoft made the announcement about the Halo uh, device, yeah. yes, the, mm -hmm. which is a, a vis uh, virtual reality type of environment. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're coming up with a new one with called the Microsoft Virtual Reality Headset. Um, and let's see, what is it? 3D rendering and, and holographic environment. Uh, it's another headset. And... and 
And they're pretty, this is, excuse me, with, is this augmented reality where <clears throat> you're taking something well, the halo and was more augmented reality. Yes, that was it. It this showed up is, in a real environment. Thank you for that distinction. <laughs> so the halo was uh, augmented reality, and the, the, the VR headset is for virtual reality. I got you. Um, and then Xbox Live Streaming. So again, tighter integrations in with uh, and and integrations between your your Microsoft smartphone, which are there are very few, uh, in your Xbox 360 environment, and and your of course Microsoft Windows 10 environment. You now have the ability of uh, live streaming from your Xbox 360, uh, or not 360 Xbox One device, your gaming console, and you could do live broadcast. You can um, wow. uh, do uh, custom tournaments and broadcast oh, yeah, and tutorials. Yeah, yeah. Um, For gamers, that's big. Shane and his Oh, game. yeah. There's, there's an entire <laughs> uh, channel on the cable network now. I think it's on Friday nights. You can watch six hours of tournaments of uh, people playing console games. Wow. With live, with like ESPN-type announcers. It's, oh, it's, no. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing how many people turn into it. Oh, yeah. Turn, and we had Shane here. He would be jumping up and down and saying, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, and we should get him uh, his opinion on some of this stuff. And uh, one of the other options that Microsoft did with the enhancements of Windows 10 is something called Windows People. And here we thought that Windows Charms are gone, but the Charm Bar with Windows 8. Oh, yeah. But Microsoft, in the Microsoft uh, Store, you can not only down your Windows 3D Paint, but you can also download Windows People which is a charm that allows you to put some of your favorite people on your taskbar of your t- Windows 10 environment. And you could drag content to it. And oh, then wow. you could then, it'll be a link. It'll be a photo. I could see your mug, Cal's mug, Gary's you, mug. You could send them a voice message through <laughs> Skype. You oh, wait, so you just take email. that, whatever that content is, is drag it to Cal's face. Yes. And he'll go, uh-huh. no, not again. No, I mean... <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm melting. <laughs> I'm melting. <laughs> so I'm sure oh, we'll have a, a little. World, we'll, world. we'll try to explore these more. Um, yeah, as, yeah. As we as we get to know their big them. theme was create, wasn't it? Yes, it was create. It's uh, this is for creative con- uh, people, artists, and people that create creative, or the people that create content, if you will, for websites and stuff. So like this that. wasn't like and, geared towards the big consumer push, and, well, which I found interesting. And it's also children. Children will can immerse themselves in this environment. Yeah. At what price? Well, 3D, it's free. If you oh, have Microsoft paint. 3D yes. Paint, yes. you can immerse yourself. They, they showed pictures of people scanning in. Uh, oh, that's another thing that we didn't talk about. Microsoft is going to provide a 3D um, scanner for smartphones. Right now, only available on the Microsoft phone, soon on your Apple iPhone. Oh, You'll be able my. to scan an image 3D, and it'll, it'll show up on your device. There's too much more to talk about, but there you got it, folks. Just the tip of the iceberg of things that were revealed this week and Microsoft and at Apple. I hope you've enjoyed the show and that you'll be back with us this coming week when we will join you again with the Internet Advisor. We'll be live on WJR, I believe. You can catch us between 4 and 6 p.m. there at 7.60 a.m. online. I mean, live. And then also, of course, every week through our podcast at internetadvisor.net. Have a great week. We'll see you then. You've been listening to the Internet Advisor Show, Detroit's longest-running, locally-produced computer show, with Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and our team of experts. For more information about our weekly show, to ask a question of our experts, or find the show notes for this podcast, visit internetadvisor.net and look for us on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to check the other great podcasts available on this podcastdetroit.com network. Thank you for listening.